0: Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 31, me, Yahu, 31, 10 and 11. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles of froth and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from from the hand of one stronger than he. Hallelujah. This sounds very strange. You know why this sounds very strange? Because though for about almost a hundred years, the Lord has been doing this right in front of the eyes of people who profess to follow Jesus, only a handful have seen it for what it is, and cared about it enough to say something. Other than that handful, what's everybody else been doing? And if you can't say amen to that, maybe you need to say ouch. So why would he say something like this? Why would he say? You see, some of those handful that understood were people like Mr. Wilberforce in England and, and, and John and Charles Wesley. You should hear some of this. I've got a song in my book that's back there that Charles Wesley wrote that is about this. And, and Mr. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, different, very much in doctrinal and denominational perspectives, but great men of God nonetheless. And, 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 and people like D.L. Moody, frankly, who went over to England to preach and got preached at these things and came back talking about Bible prophecy and what the Lord's doing with Israel. And if these men were alive today, and they, would, they would go door to door and they would grab people by the shoulders when they open the door. Who's this strange bearded fellow? Not me, I'm talking about Mr. Spurgeon. Shaking somebody by the shoulder saying, do you know who you are? Or D.L. Moody, do you know who you are? Do you know what you're seeing? They would be freaking out if they were seeing what you're seeing. And there are some believers around the world today who are. I certainly am. I'm freaking out. When I say I'm freaking out, I am amazed. I am overwhelmed. I am driven by the glory of Messiah Jesus and what He's doing with this Scripture right here. And I'm doing just what it says. I left Israel. I'm standing here. And I'm doing just what this says. Wouldn't you agree? But He who scattered Israel, according to the terms of the Mosaic Covenant, has now regathered them according to the terms of the Abraham Covenant, the David Covenant, the New Covenant. What does this mean? Yeah, so the Lord's, you yeah, know, it's just Israel. I mean, and, and if you were born any time after 1948, if you were born, you've been raised with a nation of Israel. But Mr. Spurgeon wasn't. Mr. Moody wasn't. Neither of the Wesleys were. But they believed these things and preached and proclaimed them, though they couldn't see it, which worked, which really was a big part of birthing the Zionist movement. Most Jewish people don't know that. They just describe it to a fellow named Herzl. But actually, the Lord used the the believers in Jesus, this handful in England and even in America, to blow life and to to go to the World Zionist Congress and to work together with them in many ways and support the Jewish people coming back to the land of Israel. So what does it mean to me? Okay, if we have to go the selfish route, let me go ahead and tell you. But hey, there's nothing wrong with asking, so what does this mean to us? Well, here's what it means. Do you watch the news? Do you watch the news? Oh, it's very depressing. Well, not if you know what's going on. It's actually pretty exciting. Now, do I, what about the suffering and the tragedy and the death and the harm and the hurt? No, that's, that's, that's really bad. And I, I, feel, I feel really bad about that. And I sorrow and I labor in prayer and fasting over these things. But what I'm talking about is you're watching God's prophetic plans all sink together. And everything is being corralled according to His prophetic plans right into what His Word says is, is happening and what will happen. And that's exciting. And, and so... What does this mean? Well, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, I'm, I'm going fast because I'm getting ready to go. This is kind of like, here's what's going on. And in light of these things, what I'm about to share after this is how we can think and speak and live to be successful in this. Amen? That's part two. So, so in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, the disciples of Messiah Jesus at that time asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? When, when will these things that Messiah Jesus begin to talk about with regard to the temple being torn down and, 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 uh, and, and they understood some things. He had talked with them about his kingdom and its coming and they understood the David covenant needed to be fulfilled that the Messiah would sit on the throne of David. Are you with me? And, and so they asked him, what will be the sign, sign of these things? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And so he gives them. All of these prophetic signs that are in the red zone that I talked about a little bit last week, right? And then there's that one, it's the it's 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 when you see this one, all the others are activated. And then comes the king to sit on the throne of David. And it's the fig tree blossoming, it's Israel, right? And and so the Lord is doing that right in front of us. What's this mean? This means everything is about to be fulfilled. Everything is on a fast track now. Everything's on a fast track now. Uh, what's that mean? Uh, whatever you're going to do in the kingdom of God by faith, you ain't got much time to do it. You've got one life. You've got an eternal life in Messiah Jesus, but you've only got about, I don't know, however many years left until he comes or until, until someone, di- till someone dies, God forbid, I believe. I think we should just go up in the rapture together. So that's all you've got to live by faith. But this Savior's coming any moment. And to live a day without thinking about this, I believe, is foolishness. Why? Because not only are you to be thinking about it, you're to be telling people about it. Which I've been doing with Ray and Anna. Ray and Anna, we've been in, in cell phone purgatory this week, of, you know, buying cell phones and they don't work, and you can't take them to Israel, and you have to take it back and go get another one. But every place we've gone, I've gotten to share the gospel through this. And at the last place we went, they were, Ray was sitting there, and the guy said, "So what are you doing in Israel?" And Ray said, "Oh, he's got him now. Or boy, he doesn't know what he just got himself into, does he?" <laughs> And so in light of these things, I'm going to move. let well, see, he who scattered Israel will gather him. That's what he's doing. He'll keep him as a shepherd does his flock. That means, and I may have mentioned this last week, so I'll say it again and I'm going into something else. What's that mean? That means while the whole world, including the United States of America, tragically and sadly, is telling God, no, we're going to rename that Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, and we're not going to call it what you call it, God, and what the Bible calls it. We're going to name it the West Bank, and we're going to tell you, oh, creator of everything that we say doesn't exist, we're going, to say, we're going to say you can't bring them there, and we're going to give that land to the followers of an antichrist spirit. And so it's on. It's on right now. Game on. Game on. And he's going to get glory from the whole world like he got glory from Pharaoh. And as the world hardens its heart to the reality of what... King Messiah Yeshua is doing with the Jewish people and bringing them back. He will get glory from the nations and people are going to get scared half to death that used to be all cool and all that in a bag of chips and they're going to, have to repent and give Jesus, give their lives to Jesus. Amen. In the midst of it, I was like I was one of them. I was all all I'm, I'm all that in a bag. And next thing I was, oh, save me, forgive me, please help me. Because I didn't want to go to what some people say in Texas, "Hail" <laughs> Funny how people in the south will take a one syllable word make it into two three or four anyhow. So so here's the thing. So this is the times we live in, right? And so I want to now go to part 2. So I'm before I go here I remind you you got to tell people this he's going to keep those jewish people though the world's trying to kill and destroy israel and and listen they say around and they used to say well we just hate israel we don't hate the jews but now all across europe they're just coming out we hate the jews we want to kill the jews it's all it's all across and it's and it's here on the campuses in america and guess where the presidents and the congressmen and the foolish people who lead this country came from the campuses in america 20 30 40 years ago just saying so He's going to do this and he's ransomed him from he's ransomed Israel from sin and blindness and the nations and from the devil. Amen. Having said that, there is this place called Corinth. It was so dark and so evil and so blasphemous and so sexually perverse and so anti if you wanted to look up what is the opposite of holiness, you would look up Corinth, right? They even had a term. It was to Corinthianize, and it meant to just wallow in sin. That's the backdrop we want to have right here, Corinth. That's what my wife does, like when I'll be eating something she doesn't like or, or, or something just strikes her as, oh, that's disgusting. She go ew, right? And that's Corinth. I believe to heaven, if, when, when the Lord looked at Corinth, he went, ew, I believe that's what he's doing with America today. He loves Americans. He sent Jesus, our Lord, to die on the cross for their sins. But it's just really like, ew. It's just disgusting. So in the midst of Corinth, in this horrible darkness and debauchery and yuck, there's this little Jewish apostle who comes to town. And, and he starts sharing this gospel and making disciples, planting a congregation. And so there's this congregation of Corinthians, Right? And you know what? Guess what? Let me. Ask you. Do you think those Corinthians came in there and said, "All of our culture out, we're now followers of Jesus like Paul"? Is that how it went? Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> and so it was a real mess in the church in Corinth. We've gotten to a place where that's how it is in America in the church, and we really don't think it's like that, right? But I've seen the things that are in Corinth the adultery and the fornication and the homosexuality, all, just all the, and, the, and, the, and the bitterness and the anger and the hatred, and just being mean as a snake. I, I, I I've been, I was in church in America for 20 years. I saw all that. I, I saw stuff in church you wouldn't see happen in prison. Why? They'd kill you in there if you did that. At the same time, I met some of the kindest, sweetest, full of the spirit of the living God it would give you the shirt off they're back and have people in church as well. And so it's a real mixed bag of tricks. And so, so Paul goes in there, and, and one of the problems he's having in, in Corinth that I think is real consistent with some of the problems we, we see in the Corinthian-American condition is the thought that somehow you can talk somebody into righteousness and discipleship with like persuasive words and intellectualism. And logic, not that those things are certainly bad. I mean, we we should want to, to, well, people say, well, what about the knowledge of the Lord? And it doesn't mean intellectual knowledge when it's said, did you know that? It means knowing him. You see, if my wife knew all the statistics about me and could quote those, but we didn't hang out together, and she would say, I have the knowledge of my husband, wouldn't that be very strange? He has brown, high, brown eyes, a black and gray beard. He's not the tallest guy in the world. Yeah. Right? But if she didn't really know me and we didn't hang out, right, what would that matter? And so a lot of people have a, like the a knowledge of God, but they don't really know him real well. Do you see what I mean? Paul was dealing with that in the Greek culture. In the Greek culture and in Corinth, they had you know the Greek philosophy and and and, and, the, and the higher wisdom and all these things and, and so he was dealing with that, and that 's when he said things like God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise i mean you know peter and and, 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 and the boys they they weren 't the most edumacated bunch in Israel, right, but when they started preaching after acts two, and the spirit of God had baptized them, and they were proclaiming, and people were getting saved, and the whole city was in an uproar, and the, 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 the edumacated folks who couldn't see their own Savior right in front of them, right? Well, they knew the Word of God backward and forward. They had, had to memorize every jot and tittle before they could even be in the pus- religious position they were in. Now, there's churches today, you have to have a, at least a master's degree in theology before you could consider being an associate pastor. I'm not saying there's anything that's important to know the Word of God, but they said about those fellows, they said, they've been with Jesus. The things that were happening through those men's lives had very little to do with a classroom setting. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> they were preaching Jesus because they knew him and loved him and walked with him and were full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And so those guys said, "Uh." They've been with Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because they were doing the same things he did. And they were preaching him with a power and authority that be- made them sinner magnets. Sinner mag- what Jesus, when the Lord walked on the earth, wasn't he a sinner magnet? Didn't sinners just draw to him like, you know, like nobody's business, right? Are you a sinner magnet? Or do you look at them like, those sinners? And you know what? You know what? That's what we do. That's what we do. Oh, they're not saved. Yeah, I know that's why God put them in your path. That's exactly why. That's, why. that's why you're supposed to hang out with them, share the gospel with them and love them. I'm not saying go to a bar and get drunk with them. I'm not talking about that. Well, you've got to be all things, all people, so I've got to smoke a joint with a guy to get him saved. Yeah. That's, a, and that's dumb as bricks, but there's people who think like that. That's, okay, so you hear what I'm saying? And so Paul is dealing with the wisdom of man that is operating. He said, "The wisdom of the Jewish people. It's in this chapter. If they had look what God, look what man's wisdom does. They can't see their own Messiah and they crucify Him. And, and look what look what man's wisdom does. Oh, we we did we weren't created by God. We were we we're just the products of these things that have been existing forever, floating around in space, that started doing things to themselves. And here we are. That's the dumbest thing in the world." That's the wisdom of man. Professing to be wise, they became as fools. My goodness, if there's a sandcastle on the beach, I know the water and you just watch it up there. How much more complex is a human cell? I mean, it's just dumb. But see, that's the wisdom of man. And I was dumber than dumb. There's nothing as, as foolish as a Jew without Jesus. I, I were one. And, and so I know that, right? And, and so Paul says these wonderful things. And so he speaks of of your calling, that there aren't many wise, in verse 26, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many uh, noble, not many mighty, Not that are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. It's the pride and arrogance of man. God puts it to shame. What? Through broken humility of foolish things. Right? He brings to nothing that which says it is, and brings to something that the world says it isn't. Amen? The basins of the world and the things which are despised, God's chosen. Hallelujah. I'm qualified. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So are you. So are you, Unless you think you're real hot or something. So are you. Amen? And And the things that are not. To bring to nothing things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. And here's what I'm getting to. And this is a passage that I sat... or sat in me percolating for like five, six, seven years, man. And I just never had an opportunity to share it. And I I got to share it in in Israel at a congregation. And I just want to share a few things with you. In light of the things you saw in Jeremiah 31, what are you going to need? You're going to need Messiah Jesus. We're going to need Messiah Jesus. If there's anything you think you need other than Messiah Jesus or that doesn't come from Messiah Jesus, you're wrong. (laughs) You don't need that. Stop that. You need Him. We, I need Him. That's what I keep being reminded of. Oh, you're an expert in Bible prophecy? Oh, no. I'm a student of Bible prophecy. Here's what I'm becoming an expert on, how desperately I need Messiah Jesus. I'm, I'm becoming more aware of that by the moment. <laughs> Amen? And it's really exciting. So here's the beginning of part two. But of Him, of a, of, of a Father, the one who's chosen us, in Messiah Jesus, but of Him, Abba Father, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about the remainder of our time together. So, one more time, are you with me? Okay, good, thank you. So, but of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. It is so fitting to have this message on Father's Day. And I really asked the Lord what to teach, to give today. So may this honor, honor you, Abba, right? Of Abba, Father, you are in Messiah Jesus. That's a good deal. And so you have this wonderful Father in heaven. We have this wonderful Father in heaven. Frankly, that I went in church through years and years and years of not really knowing very well. Didn't really know Abba very well. Want to know him a whole lot better tomorrow than I know him today. Know Him today better than I did before. As I say often, you know what I call that? Living. So, the thing is, is Abba Father. you have this, We have this wonderful Abba Father. Yes? And so, He's such a... This is, these are demonstrations of how, how much our Abba Father loves us. The one who's chosen us in Messiah Jesus. He loves us so much that He saw us in this condition that is the opposite of being... In Christ, or in Christ Jesus. All of us are born into this world in this condition. And that condition often is called being in Adam. In Adam, all by, the Bible says. That's why it's so crazy to look at someone who's still in Adam without great mercy and desire to see them not be in that condition anymore. Because we were in that condition. And if you're not saved by Jesus, you are in that condition now. And it's a horrible condition. It's horrible. See, in Adam, all die. In Adam, there's condemnation. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it because the world is condemned already. Why? Because we're born in Adam. And when Adam and Eve sinned, God took his spirit from them. Death, every foul thing that is in this earth came into the world. And in some ways, including us, foul, stench, death, sin, disease, murder, hatred. That's just a snapshot in this horribly pitiful Condition. Uh, there's a reason I'm doing this, so b- bear with me. How would it be if, if you were without air conditioning in Houston or running water to take a shower or a toothbrush to brush your teeth for about 90 days? Wouldn't that be lovely? Why? Because of how nasty and filthy these we are. And this corruption called these bodies in sin. Right? Do you ever think about stuff like that? I think about stuff. Like, I mean, don't, don't look at me like I'm so weird. All right? All right? I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm gonna, okay. But just think about that. I mean, enemies of God. For, for why we're yet sinners. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, enemies of God. And so we're in this horrible condition. You or me might have said, you know what? It's hopeless. Just start over. Wipe them out. Just start over. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so when Messiah Jesus came and went through those horrible temptations, and they were spitting on Him, and they were mocking Him. You, you see, we were in Adam. But then, and the Bible says, of His own free will, God called us. It's in James 1. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Abba, Father. Our father did that, and it's in James one. So we were in Adam, but now, because of Abba's great goodness towards us, uh, we're in Christ. You know, we're in Christ, and so instead of condemnation, forgiveness. Instead of hell, heaven, the kingdom of God. Instead of eternal torment, eternal, eternal life. Eternal life and salvation. Yeah, eternal life. We're in Christ. You've heard me say this maybe before, but if someone says to me, go to hell, I say, I can't. (laughs) Isn't that great? I can't. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that? That's why I can tell the person who tells me go to hell. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that? Why? I'm in Messiah. I'm in Christ. Yes? Every moment of every day, no matter what's going on, you should be Goofy happy about that. You should be almost, almost, not quite, because you don't want to be childish, childlike, not childish, but you should almost be silly happy about that. And you know how, how how helpful that will be in light of Jeremiah 31 10 and 11, while the Lord's showing the world he's going to pound the world with his judgment by what he's doing with Israel? You know, as what you see on the news is coming to pass. Someone said to me, aren't you scared to, to be living in Israel? It's so dangerous over there. I said, really? I said, well, why don't you watch the Houston News Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock, and then we'll have this discussion. And one of them said, I said, they knew I was and they said, I can't, I can't watch it. But just think if there's people who've been called by Abba Father, who know the distinction and the difference and the grandness and the, and the grace and the and the goodness of God, that they're no longer in Adam and they're in Christ. Thanks for listening today and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv and mail, Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.